Recording in progress. Hi everyone. So I'm just going to go over the readings for my political economy class because I thought, you know, you might be interested in what is assigned. So, and I just finished revising my first essay for the class, which was supposed to be in support of capitalism. And I said that capitalism allows for superficiality and dreamers, both of which um, we need under the context of the virtue of freedom. I don't know how great it was, but I couldn't convince myself that capitalism was the best economic system, so I was writing something that I didn't necessarily believe in, so I tried my hardest, so we'll see. So we started out the first, um, well I guess the first week is just, or the first day. We have at Mara University, um, we do a class, like a three hour class once a week, so the first week is just introducing the syllabus and then you know there's no like reading that we've prepared so but the first three weeks of assigned readings uh included just adam smith so we first started out with a theory of moral sentiments which i liked i think adam smith is a good writer i think it's adorable how he feels that human beings just naturally care about each other and we need each other so therefore every exchange will be a win-win and voluntary and that even the 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 what, what did he say the the biggest rogue of all of us I'm trying to think of this language um still has sympathy and pity and empathy yet we are swayed by our passion and we're not always rational and so well i think we're just swayed by our passion so we need to cultivate within us an impartial spectator and sometimes that impartial spectator needs to be the state um, so that we can rise up to our potential. Um, but I thought, you know, it was, it was good. And then we read as much as we could of the Wealth of Nations books, one through three, and this one's four and five, I think, yeah. And um, so, yeah, so these were really interesting as well. He was a big advocate for the division of labor, as you might know. I mean, it's, I think most people are pretty familiar with his main ideas. Um, because I think his, you know, he was writing in a time where goods of various kinds were not readily accessible. And so his main sort of goal is the the growth of nations not only for the just general prosperity of the nation but also to supply its constituents with things that it needed and so he has this idea of a pin factory which i'm not gonna lie at first i thought it was a pen factory because i had heard it 
before I read it and I, th I thought it was like writing utensils and I was thinking oh no this could be readily accessible for a Marxist critique because you're ruining the the artisan quality of like a fine writing utensil <laughs> but it was it was not that type of pen it was a pen anyway so you know the division of labor incorporates factories so you can have one person just doing one specific thing in the process of making whatever it is and then another person just spends their whole life doing this other task and other part of making the product etc and so i thought it was interesting that he said that the government is really there or the state is really there to protect people who own property um, from other people and also he said that for those who are working um, under the division of labor and like I guess the most menial kind of jobs like I think he was focused on factory jobs he said that yes those people will become torpid and I think he said stupid and they will become dull so the government should um, or the communities around them should provide after work entertainment to compensate so I don't know if he really had a good plan for that but it was it was great and you know I mean in all class when you're taking a college class you can't necessarily read the entirety of a text which is really sad to me um but you know if i ever have a summer where i want to go back to these texts that would be great so we moved on from classical economics to uh, oh that's right i don't have text for these um to neoclassical economics which i felt so we got two articles, I guess, or maybe like one was like a chapter of a book, but I don't really feel as if I understand that. Well, I do feel like I understand that stage because I did print out something, which I should have brought, um, that did summarize neoclassical um, economics to me. And then the professor's lecture was great. But the, there wasn't like a core reading from like, what is a canonical text of neoclassical economics? I don't know. So the next text that I have, um, and I, actually, let me just, I'll just pause this and, and get actually that document. Recording stopped.
Recording in progress. Okay, so the articles we got for neoclassical economics were the triumph of utilitarianism and the marginalist revolution. I don't know what this is from, but I think it's a chapter from a book. And then George Stigler's The Adoption of the Marginal Utility Theory. But it just felt like I was jumping into a conversation that I was not necessarily privy to prior to that. So I printed out something from it. I don't even know the source of it, but there's you know, plus general information online. So apparently for neoclassical economic theory, well, it can be summed up in three assumptions. Rational thinking, people make rational choices between options based on the value that they identify in each choice. Con number two, consumers aim to maximize utility while businesses aim to maximize profits. And three, information uh, is about information. People act independently based on having all of the relevant information related to a choice or an action. And my thought of this, if businesses aim to maximize profits, and yet one of the principles of neoclassical economics is being rational, rational thinking, well, then don't businesses try to utilize the irrationality and the emotions of consumers in order to maximize their profits because it's all about perception, right? If, you know, I am an unethical, an unethical business and I want you to buy my product, I will try to manipulate you perhaps and try to extract certain emotions and make you feel as if my product will make you a more valuable person. So I don't know if at this time in history the psychology of a human being was really like businesses were aware of that and I don't I don't know the marketing tactics but it seems as if rational thinking is actually, even though it's a principle or an assumption that people make rational choices, that rationality is undermined. I don't know. So there are critiques of neoclassical economics, which include the distribution of resources. So resources are not distributed equally. Um, appropriation of resources. So they can only, people can only choose between available choices, not all of the choices. Also, people are not always rational, which is what I guess I was saying. Um, they make irrational decisions. They can be influenced by social pressure, the needs of others, limited choices, income restraints, imperfect information, power structures, and etc. So they're not maximizing utility to themselves. Sorry, it's just like a noise outside. I hope that you can't hear it. Um, also, pursuit of profit was on this document. It was in, to help me understand before I went to class. Um, pursuit of profit, maximizing profit is not the only or best way for markets to function. 
um, because it can exacerbate inequality, exploit workers, and damage the environment or community. And then also standards of living. Producing more goods and services does not always equal a higher standard of living. And I think that could also be a criticism for Adam Smith, maybe, but in his time, I think it probably was better for various nations to try to progress in terms of creating more products to sustain all of the people so that people wouldn't have to necessarily be self-sustaining because um, it's just hard to do everything, right? So, I don't know. That basically what I understood about that um, era and then we went to it's not it's not super chronological I feel like this class because we then we went to neo liberal economics but then after that we're reading Marx and later we're reading Keynes and so anyway but it's you know it's great so uh, then we read, well, we had um, sort of an option, I guess, to read. And I don't know if I have the other article right here. I don't. But I was, because I was using it, I think, for my paper. Um, so we could read Milton Friedman, Capitalism and Friedman, Freedom. And I mainly watch, there's so many videos of him on YouTube and he seems like a really lovely person like his personality and his just like composure is I think very admirable um, but apparently he went to various like universities and he had talks and those were recorded so I think you can get a good idea of his ideas and thoughts basically he is advocating for minimal control, like minimal collective control, so uh, less government basically, um, because he says that, and um, Ayn Rand, Nathaniel Brandon says this as well, but that a lot of criticisms of capitalism aren't necessarily capitalism's fault, but actually the fault of the state the state's intrusion. Um, so I didn't get to read too much of this. I think I made it to page one of chapter one and I read all the prefaces and everything of all the additions. Um, I read Ayn Rand, What is Capitalism? with all of you if you listen to those lectures or I read most of it uh, together with you. And then I started, I read a little bit of Nathaniel Brandon, so that was this student that had contacted her along with this other woman named Barbara, and she eventually had an affair with him, and then decided to not be with him, and then regret it, and it was dramatic, etc. And like, they were both married to different people. But anyway, um, scandals of, you know, the personal lives. So, basically, Ayn Rand's What is Capitalism was about the dangers of going with the collective or tribal thought, 
tribal practices. Um, she says it, it doesn't matter whether you are enslaved to a master or a god or a state or a community. Um, you really need to be free and the nation needs you to be free. The world needs you to be free because then it allows those people who have the ability to be very rational and creative to innovate and um, produce and create and basically help the world you know, improve and evolve. And so she says that basically there is a philosophically objective kind of standard of values for decisions that we can make and areas that we can invest in, etc. But she says that everyone should be allowed to make decisions and spend their money in the way that they think is best and produce what they think is best and rationality will finally win out. Um, yeah, so that is basically her thought. And then Nathaniel Brandon had a, a chapter on common fallacies about capitalism, but I didn't get very far into that. Um, I also, also books that I didn't necessarily get to. I mean, I've studied the virtue of selfishness before, um, but I just have that one. I also bought the novels um, Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged, but I didn't get started on either of these. I will definitely read them at some point. And uh, as I said, now we're working on Marx. So this week we will talk about the economic and philosophic manuscripts of 1844. So there are a handful, um, I was going to say four manuscripts, but I think there are more than that. Um, so we're reading Estranged Labor, we're reading, I can't remember what it is, what the second one is, Private Property and Communism, and oh, this one is so fun, I might do a video over this, The Power of Money in Bourgeois Society. He says, money is the pimp between man's need and the object between his life and his means of life. He says that if you are, he uses the example, if you are ugly, money makes you not ugly. <laughs> or if you are not smart or, you know, respected, money can make you that. So money basically does the opposite turns reality into its opposite and I just I don't know I loved it but a strange labor I have a, a video well I guess by the time this comes out that video will be out at least partly so I got through part of it um yeah but I love Marx actually that's why one of the reasons that I was taking class one of the reasons was because I really liked the professor the other reason well other reasons were because you know like every college student, it's like the right time and the right day. Um, but also, mainly this specific class concerning the content because I wanted to read, be motivated to read Marx. I mean, I've read him before um, to some extent, but I just wanted to read more of him and discuss him in community. So that 
is great. Then we're reading um, Das Kapital and I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, and what else is it? Sorry. <laughs> concerned about my German pronunciation, but it wasn't German at all. Um, the Communist Manifesto. So that's what we're doing. And then after that, I can't remember exactly the order, but we're reading some of John Maynard Keynes, uh, The General Theory of Employment, Interest, and Money. So I think he is of a school all in, of his own, right? Keynesian economics. And then eventually we're reading Shoshana Zuboff's The Age of Surveillance Capitalism, The Fight for a Human Future at the New Frontier of Power. I'm really excited to read this. I think it'll be great. And then we're reading some of Foucault. So I we're reading some uh, from The Birth of Biopolitics. So lectures from 1978 to 1979. I'm really excited about this. I've read a lot of Foucault. I used him a lot in my dissertation, um, but I'm always happy to read more of him. But then I also got, we didn't have, I, I don't know. Yeah, this book is not on the syllabus at all, but Amazon recommended it to me, I think, when I was looking for that book. And this is a collection of essays, so it's Control Culture, Foucault, and Deleuze After Discipline. And I don't know who the contributors are, but it's just various essays. So I don't know if I recognize anyone in particular, but I'm really excited about that. And then lastly, this is the last one and there are probably other essays and or articles and chapters like supplemental readings that we can do that are on the site but I just these are just the books and then what I have read already so capitalism and slavery this is going to be the topic of our third essay so our second essay supports socialism and then our last essay is about capitalism and slavery so this book will be perfect um i like to get the books our professor and i think most professors upload um now not when i was an undergrad in college definitely you always at the beginning of the um, semester you walked to the physical bookstore and bought your $300 worth of books um now especially like after covid more things are online. There are illegal sites that you can go to, I guess. Although I think the ones that I used to use got shut down. But um, anyway, um, for my class for educational purposes. Uh, so my professor uploads like, everything, like entire books and everything. So we don't have to buy them. But I think one of the joys, well, first of all, I like highlighting and I like annotating but one of the joys of going back to college is that specifically and for philosophy is that I get to collect more books um you know I like doing that anyway but I have my you know collection of books from theories of knowledge the post the class on postmodernism and post-truth that I took last semester and now I have 
have these books on political economy. So comment uh, below if you have any suggestions specifically for neoclassical economics or just books that you think I should read in general um, about political economy, whether it's capitalism, socialism, or whatever. And um, yeah, so I'm probably, my next videos will probably be of Marx since that's what I'm reading for the next three weeks. And I just really loved A Strange Labor and I really loved um, the money essay about money being a pimp, like the whole thing is really great. So yeah. All right, well, thank you. I think it's about to get super dark. The lighting is bad right now. So I'm glad I could get through this and um, I'll see you next time. Thanks everyone.